Ah shit, here we go again. This is Grand Theft Podcast. And welcome to episode 3 of Grand Theft Podcast, where we take a rose-tinted look back at our favourite GTA games while eagerly holding out our empty gaming bowls and asking, please Rockstar, can we have some more? I'm your host Gareth, and with me each week is the Sandy to my shores, the wings to my dodo, the area to my 69, it's co-host Gary. Gary, how are you this week? <laughs> Not too bad, how are you? I'm pretty good indeed, pretty good. Yeah, I'm liking these intros every every single week. Like, they just seem to <laughs> get better, keep your toes. better and better. <laughs> yeah. the wing, wings to my dodo that's uh <laughs> you you lift me up like the wings gonna, to my dodo <laughs> i'm gonna use that in life uh, please some, do somehow <laughs> amazing amazing we had uh, quite an exciting week uh where we we ventured into the world of of grand theft auto online yes we did it was great fun it was yeah it's been uh, it's been so long since i played that game online it's weird that like the, the like the online thing like it kind of accommodates for everything really mm-hmm. but anyone's kind of sort of play style as grand theft auto usually does so you can have like just go from mission to mission to mission and like you'll get a constant stream of like missions and heists and everything like that mm-hmm. but also if you just want to like dick around and have uh, like we were playing top fun for a few yep. rounds which was great fun <laughs> it is really there's a debate to be had and we'll probably have that debate mm-hmm. later on about downloadable content uh that was apparently missing from grand theft auto 5 trilogy yeah, yeah but i mean you know does it need it with the amount of content you see on uh online, online yeah. with the amount of extra uh, mission givers you get there with the like you say the sheer amount of fun with things like top fun or yeah um you know capture flags and even death matches and things yeah. um so yeah i think it's a it's an interesting debate to have but it was insanely good fun once we figured out how to play it. oh yeah once we, once we figured out how to match make it was good <laughs> it was it was brilliant um and as always no grand theft auto is anything without some npc dialogue so we want to hear from you as well please drop us a line at the email address grandtheftpodcast at gmail.com or you'll find us on instagram at grandtheftpodcast should we get going yeah let's do it So this is the part of the show where we discuss some of the news and rumours surrounding GTA in a segment that we like to call Weasel News, confirming your prejudices. Now we're not going to be breaking any headlines, we're not even going to be well informed, but hey, we're the ones with the microphones, so you have to listen. So since Grand Theft Auto V came out back in 2013, a couple of key players in the Rockstar world have left. That being uh, Dan Hauser, a co-creator and writer for Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, and Leslie Benzies as well, the long-term producer uh, of those series as well. Now, really, first question is, should we be worried? Um, I don't know. On the one hand, like uh, Dan Heiser and Lindsay Benzie have been like so integral to the world of like Rockstar for so many years, mm-hmm. um, and like Rockstar wouldn't be the company that it is today without those people, yeah. and um, especially Dan Heiser for um, in terms of like writing stories and what a high to go out yeah. on yeah. with Red Dead Redemption Two. I mean, definitely his magnum opus yeah. and. Um, I think I think they will survive. It's just whatever form Rockstar take after this, uh, like for GTA Six and onwards, uh, it will f- might feel different. Yeah, uh, it might be for the best. It might be for the worst. We just don't know. 
Yeah. I hope it's not a case of, for example, uh, Hideo Kojima leaving Konami and and Metal Gear Survive once uh, Kojima had left yeah, of course. was a big pile of garbage. So. <laughs> so I've not even touched it. I've not gone near it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> neither have I. Neither, well, I have played a little bit of it, and yeah, it's just a big pile of garbage. Okay, hot trash. Uh, it... Yeah, well, it it plays it plays fine because it's using the engine from MGS Five, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not great. Okay, so I don't know. Like Metal Gear couldn't survive without Kojima. No, though I am kind of excited to see where, um, like, if another studio does pick it up, then what they could achieve with it, mm-hmm. and if it's gonna gonna be better, if it's gonna be worse, or anything like that. But I'm interested to see that. But uh, in terms of what Konami did with Metal Gear after that is. Yeah, it was not great. So um, I think there's enough people involved in Rockstar. Like, I think Sam Hauser's still there. He is indeed, yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's going to be heaps of people that, like, worked on GTA V to help it um, become the entity that it is today. So I can see that um, they will kind of pull through. I think Sam will probably take some lessons he's learned from Dan, or we might get fresh blood coming in, like a new kind of story lead. It just, it'll be interesting to see. It's exciting. Like, uh, companies change, and it's exciting to see where they go, and hopefully it is definitely something for the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a great point that, you know, Rockstar isn't just three people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Or four, um, if we count Laszlo as well, uh, being quite a big part yeah. of the the culture of, of Grand Theft Auto, and he's, he's moved on now, although I think he still uh, consults, so I think they're still... Yeah going to him just for, just uh for guidance as well there but yeah, yeah. Um, a company like that's way bigger now there's probably 60 or 70 writers that have been and gone over the last 20 years of, of yeah. grand theft auto we've not necessarily noticed not unless you're keeping your your ear strictly to the ground to listen out for those things and yet grand theft auto gets stronger and stronger and stronger each time yeah, yeah. i don't think we should be worried but I do, I do think that will be very interesting going forward. Um, it's interesting you bring up uh, Metal Gear there as well because we had mm. Kiefer Sutherland coming in to play Snake, so a, a key member of that team, you know, more more front of house in that case, uh, was there, and there was a a big furore about that. Um, but MGS Five came out, and it was arguably one of the best ones there, just because it was the the biggest and grandest yeah. in the the series. Which is again maybe another debate for another podcast, but um, yeah, definitely. We'll we'll do a Metal Gear podcast inside this GTA podcast. We could do. It'll be like podcastception. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. I mean, there's lots of different uh, ways of looking at that as well. Naughty Dog uh, was one of the other ones with Amy Henning moving on, uh, the creator of Uncharted, of course. Yeah. But I uh, like getting someone of the caliber of Neil Druckmann mm-hmm. to re- replace. Amy Henning on yeah. narrative leads for Uncharted and also like him taking creative lead on uh, The Last of Us 1 and 2. Um, possibly some of Naughty Dog's finest work. Some of gaming's finest work, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think there'll always be a debate which Uncharted is the best game and uh, objectively for me it's 4. Yeah. Yeah, I loved 4 back to front with, uh, with the seriousness of the story and stuff like that and how they choose to focus on nate's getting a bit older and like wanting to kind of settle down and stuff like that but getting pulled back in for one last adventure sort of Mm -hmm. thing and the toll that takes on the characters as it goes on i think is superb writing yeah so this could be something that um could play to rockstar's benefit yeah yeah yeah. in terms of like if they can get some fresh eyes in and stuff like that they could 
add like a new level of gravitas to GTA that it's never had before. Yeah, very much. And uh, have those have those big weighty story moments somehow weaved in magically with the manicness that is uh, just going around and just do whatever the hell you want in this game. So <laughs> uh, it'll be it, it will be very interesting to see what uh, what comes of it. It will be. It will be. I think you know we discussed last week. Um, over the difference between a series going from something like open world, can it go to a, a purely story-driven uh, linear kind yeah. of experience and vice versa as well. Um, mm. And I think that's very interesting. I think the world's very different now as well. If we look at what Netflix and Disney Plus has done for, for certain series, yeah. you know, uh, right now we're on like episode two or three of Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know what? That would have been a movie 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, they would have just got their own two-hour standalone movie. Now it's a 50, 60-hour yeah. uh, series, you know, that's, yeah. that's been broken down. Same with One Division, same with, you know, other spin-offs that are happening. So um, I've really been enjoying these series so much because they're more of a slower burn. Yeah. Uh, they, they are a bit more character-centric and they are looking into stuff like... The films, as great as all those films are, they are very much like just action heavy, hit these mm-hmm. beats, these beats, these beats, and that's it. Yeah. Like we get the odd kind of like really heavy character moments and stuff like that. But like these series just really slow things down and mm-hmm. and it's kind of nice to get these backstories to these characters. So um I'm just wanting a really good <laughs> a really hard hitting story for GTA. And I don't know what shape or form that will take, but uh yeah, that's that's what I want. Like you say, things are able to be stretched out an awful lot more, and maybe a maybe a, like a Netflix series writer instead of necessarily like a a movie story writer would be the right people to get on board because, like you say, that pacing, the way it's stretched out, the way you get the yeah. the character development, that kind of thing. I think in in something like an Avengers, you know, you see so much personality from someone like Natasha yeah uh from black widow she's a one woman wrecking machine she's a a a deadly assassin yeah but she's got a sense of humor behind her as well now you only get to see that in in small snippets as she's having a bit of banter with with steve rogers uh yeah if she had her own 50 60 hour kind of story arc what would we manage to see from that from that character i think yeah it's a great way of being able to tell those stories and be able to to embellish those stories so yeah i think if we if they were to look at the and you know we know rockstar look at the current kind of cultural climates and they definitely get those things in there I'm sure they'll appreciate things like Netflix and, mm-hmm. and binge-watching stuff as well and, and the way series kind of go. So I think they've got their finger on the yeah. pulse with this one. And I think it's definitely something that they'll be able to to emulate and give us a, a really good long 50, 60-hour story. Yeah. Because that's what I want. Yeah, definitely. You know what? We mentioned a couple of those series there. Do you think any series can truly survive after their, their creative leads leave? Or is that it kind of considered not as good? Um, I'm not, not sure, really. Uh, like... Obviously, your creative lead is um, like had that spark, had that inspiration and stuff like that, and it's their vision. Um, like, I couldn't see um, the Mandalorian lasting without John Favreau or Dave Filoni. Yes, yeah. Um, I think because it's their it's their child, it's um, it's their Grogu, if you want to say, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I couldn't see I couldn't see that continuing on without that driving force behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like having all the different directors coming in and doing their own thing, which is uh, which is really really cool. But having John Favreau and Dave Filoni right behind it is um, yeah gives that show yeah. just that level of consistency that it needs. 
Um, so another kind of um, series that kind of springs to mind, uh, one I did follow for a wee bit, but I don't much anymore, is the newer runner Doctor Who. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have had three showrunners right. uh, for Doctor Who so far. So that is Russell T. Davis, Stephen Moffat, and I cannot remember the new guy's name. But um, mm-hmm. Russell T. Davis had a really decent run, obviously, running with uh, Christopher Eccleston and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tennant. Uh, and then Stephen Moffat took over after Tennant left with uh, Matt Smith's Doctor and Peter yep. Capaldi's. And then after Peter Capaldi left, uh, we had a new showrunner that's been working with Jodie Whittaker's and... No, no. Uh, no, Stephen Moffat left, I think, halfway through Capaldi's, okay. I think. But then, um, ever since the new series has gone down, it's not that Jodie Whittaker's a bad doctor. No, no. It's just the fact that like the show's quality has just gone down in terms of story and what they're, yeah. what they're doing with it. So I do feel like it can go either way with something like this but gta will sell no matter what it will it will it's it's an interesting point there that like you say it, it can't go any way yeah, yeah you know what it, it could just be a, a revamp that the the series needs just to take it in a slightly new direction yeah and you know what some new personnel in there uh, maybe are the right people to to reboot it as it were or a soft reboot just coming back after mm-hmm. you know such a long hiatus and um coming back with uh, something a bit fresh that we, we've maybe not seen before i uh, mm-hmm. didn't know we we needed until we we saw it yeah definitely but i mean it's it it's exciting it is exciting to think that um there could be change on the horizon yeah. for gta and uh whatever shape or form that takes it's uh, definitely fun finding out yes i agree i agree and like we say we we generally cannot wait for for any more information anything to to come out um the recent mm-hmm. recent leaks uh, are suggesting that the standalone GTA Online for uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X will be in June, uh, or at least for PS5 for in June. So, Ooh, nice. Um, that's quite exciting uh, in itself. Yeah. Uh, if that turns out to be true, then we're maybe one step closer to getting the third installment of the Grand Theft Auto V trilogy. Yep. And maybe even once that comes out, a little bit closer to uh, to seeing what happens with GTA Six. Mm. So the, there's no date for GTA Five coming out on PS5. Not yet, no. It still just says um, second half of 2021. Yeah. But uh, recent leaks have come out and, and suggest that we're looking at June for the, the standalone to come out with PS Plus. So exciting times. Ooh, nice. Yeah, a little bit of, hopefully a little bit of information there. Oh, that'd be cool if it's a, if it's a PS Plus exclusive for uh, for the month. Mm-hmm. That would get a hell of a lot of players back into GTA Online or new players into it, which is uh, which is always something I've really enjoyed about um about having ps plus is being able to kind of experience these kind of games um for free and uh we've had like many a time of where like my group of friends will be like oh by the way we're picking up this game because um we heard it's kind of cool multiplayer Mm -hmm. kind of online stuff Uh, so there's a big group of us and it doesn't exclude anyone that can't either afford it or anything like that if they have ps plus they can get it for free yeah yeah i agree and i think for that kind of pricing point i know it it, the paywall hides uh multiplaying as well but for that kind of price point then you know what um i i've never complained about it i think it's i think it's a fantastic uh deal 
and yeah, definitely. the second iteration of GTA V Trilogy going on to PS4, um, mm-hmm. Rockstar and Sony teamed up for at least marketing uh, as well as at the moment uh, any PS Plus members are getting a, a million dollars a month yeah. in your online bank account. So that's not to be sniffed at either. Uh, obviously in the, yeah. the anticipation of the, the GTA Online standalone coming out very, very soon. So mm-hmm. we can only hope that um, that that's, that's speeding up the the cogs yeah. and wheels that are going on at rockstar and uh we might get some more information quite soon all right then now it's time to look back at some of our favorite characters that have helped shape the gta world this week we're looking at san andreas not only is this a game so big we've had to take in a resident expert but we're also going to do this episode in two halves so this week we're going to take the first half to talk a little bit about san andreas we're going to pick that up next week and we're going to have npc dialogue next week as well so Welcome to the show, Michael and Keflom. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you, guys? Is, am I your first guest? Yes, you are, guys. This this is a this is a terrible idea. How am I the first guest? What what's this game? Granddad Jeff Otto. <laughs> Granddad Jeff. Uh, Granddad Jeff. We'll see you <laughs> it is a pleasure to be here, nonetheless. Good, 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 good. So, just for anybody listening, uh, as you say, you are the first guest. So. Um, Mm. What was your introduction to, to GTA? What was your first memory of, of play, picking up that controller and getting into that world? Oh, bad. So for me... <laughs> oh, shit. Funnily <laughs> Here enough... Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. I, comparatively, I got into GTA a little bit later in life. I would have been in my late teens, um, going on college age, sort of late high okay. school, early college age when I got into gta we had video games in the house when i was growing up but mm-hmm. in fairness whereas perhaps my parents might have been cool with say the a strategy game like the age of empires franchise or they would be okay with violence if it was like a historical context like uh, world war ii games or something like that in fairness a video <laughs> game franchise literally named after the act of jacking a car uh, <laughs> and there's a guy with a baseball bat over his shoulder um, <laughs> for the cover. Um, but I got into, in my late teens, I got into GTA and the very first thing I found um, going through GTA 3 and then Vice City and then uh, San Andreas, um, that very first moment when you get into the car mm-hmm. in GTA 3, you're driving away from the scene of your escape and you turn the radio on for the first time. Now, up until this point, as a kid, GTA had been a little bit of the bogeyman. Like, I'd assumed GTA was the game that, like, the kid in primary school who got expelled for trying to burn down the school played. Uh, But (laughs) as soon as I got into that car and the radio came on and it was like an insurance advert for we train you to fall in front of a bus and pretend to be injured. Uh, As soon as I heard that, I... all clicked into place where it was like oh it's funny and it's smart and suddenly it wasn't just like i mean it wasn't just limbs flying driving through pedestrians (laughs) obviously that was part of it but i was like oh it's kind of there's like a satirical aspect uh, and all of that so as i'm getting through the gta um i suppose what you'd call like the 3d era yeah through gta 3 through vice city which is obviously building on top of what gta's uh began and it's the worlds that they're building by the time you get to san andreas and which is 
arguably my favorite. Um, I will I will use this analogy because I know there are Star Wars fans amongst us here. But if GTA <laughs> no. Three and Vice City, yeah, no, we hate that stuff. Um, <laughs> if GTA Three and Vice City are where they're kind of at their New Hope era, well, they by the time they get to San Andreas, they're operating at Empire Strikes Back level. Everything yeah. that you loved about those games is just at eleven. Um, so for me, when I first kind of picked up that controller or later on in life when I was um, going back and forth to college and I would have the mobile version on me, um, don't hate the game. It's, it's, it's a legitimate <laughs> way to play. It's fun. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a discussion in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But just losing hours and hours of time into that world, the immersion of the world, and as I say, the sheer humor and just the fun and the, the the smart aspect of it, as well as just having a load of fun driving fast yeah. cars around the desert, mm -hmm. you know. I think the, the nostalgia f factor as well, even if I came to it in my late teens rather than maybe my, mm -hmm. you know, uh, earlier years, um, it's nostalgia central, really. It really is. It really is. Um, you, you kind of started playing like by yourself in solo modes uh, as opposed to because I, I i was introduced to it through a friend's house who basically had the, mm. the rhino cheat um tattooed on the back of his, his hand wow uh, and basically <laughs> for me grand theft auto was just basically oh there's a tank there's people let's go let's mm. go uh, and it took me a long long time i think i was um well this game that we're talking about today san andreas i only finished for the first time this year um to get all the way mm. through it so so really it was all about the rampaging and then i got into the story a, sure. a lot later i was in my 30s now uh before i i actually finished some yeah, of these yeah. games so yeah it's it's interesting to see that you would get straight into that and, and get immersed in that beautiful world in that way mm. yeah i think i i think i was the same in terms of like getting introduced to gta and stuff like that was also like through friends and like the challenges mm. of like when you'd have your like mates over for for like a sleepover and stuff like that was to get six stars and just see how long you could survive mm. and how long you could last and that was gta for me for quite a while until i really kind of hunkered down and like really got into these stories and uh realizing that rockstar are such a phenomenal company that can create these detailed worlds that you feel part of you it feels lived in and uh mm. the stories that they craft as well with these characters like bit tongue-in-cheek here a bit uh silly there yeah. but definitely has like an impact that resonates with me mm. 20 years later it's uh, it's insane yeah i do actually have just a tiny bit of uh childhood trivia mm -hmm. i did not have uh you know as i say i did not necessarily have access to the gta games when I was young, young, but um, we had this franchise that we were allowed to play in the house. That makes it sound very um, strict in my household. <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> um, but there was a franchise from Microsoft called Midtown Madness. Yep. Okay. Now, a little bit of trivia. That was developed by Angel Studios, who later became Rockstar San Diego. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Oh, 
it's there. I believe the the current Rockstar video game engine that everything I think from Red Dead onwards the Ray, is uh, built on. Rage Engine. The, Rage. That's right. I believe it's that's actually the studio that developed that. So that was like a um, an open world racing game. Um, there wasn't any um, firing Uzis or anything. <laughs> but it, what it did have, it did have that uh, open world feel. So. Um, even though maybe it took me a few years longer to get into GTA, uh, there were some seeds of uh, that kind of influence just peppered mm -hmm. throughout my life. So it was inevitable, really, is what we're saying there. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that was your gateway, kids. Exactly. I think a lot of people use uh, Simpsons hit and run, but that's that's the first time I've heard somebody going with the hard stuff uh, and then getting into GTA. <laughs> uh, good. So uh, when was the last time that you you went through San Andreas? When was the last time you you actually completed it? Oh, for me, it would have been about, I'd say, a couple of years ago. Um, again, before, obviously, we can't even remember a time when we were allowed outside yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but before then, when uh, whenever I had a spare opportunity and if I had my phone or my iPad handy and I had the mobile version of one of them installed, yeah. and um, I think I probably did a full playthrough of San Andreas... I mean, we're talking over several weeks or maybe even yeah. months yeah, yeah. of uh, here just dropping in and out into into the world of um, of Los Santos. Um, so probably a couple of years ago since mm -hmm. I since I last played it through. Relatively recently, though, for something like that, it's not one that you yeah you necessarily play kind of like uh, tail to top kind of thing. You just you finish and instantly go. Oh, I'll just start a new game and, and go back yeah. in there and and get all the way through it's, it is one of those that absolutely you do need to let rest for a little while and then mm, come yeah. back to i think so brilliant yeah. well let's get like straight back into that world and, and have a little look through some of our some of our favorite characters mm -hmm. here so we're going to start off with uh with the opener yeah um and carl johnson coming back from a little stint a five-year stint in liberty city mm. after the tragic mm -hmm. murder of his mother so he's coming back in to find out what's going on there. So we, we meet Carl Johnson, and he's got a little bit of a monologue. Um, takes mm. a taxi to get back to Grove Street, which quite very quickly we find out the game's antagonist. So Carl's a, a very interesting character. He's got a, such a, an interesting arc to him mm -hmm. that we'll, we'll kind of go mm. through as the, as the mission's progression, and, and he meets different characters in there as well. But really, what's our first impressions of Carl? He's a great character. Full, full stop. Uh, yes. No, um, it's it's weird because, um, like, we were talking, like, obviously going from GTA 3 to Vice City to San Andreas now, that uh, Claude was your blank slate, basically an avatar for the player, and, mm -hmm. like, his actions were your actions sort of thing. And then whereas Tommy Versetti was this fully realized character that had, like, goals, motivations, and everything like that. And... Yeah. I think CJ is almost like a perfect balance between both of them. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. In term, in terms of like, so he has the character and characteristics of Tommy Versetti in his own kind of uh, way, and uh, you really feel for CJ as a character. But with the amount of stuff you can do to CJ mm -hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of like, <laughs> um, like uh, new mechanics, a lot of RPG mechanics were introduced in this one. Yeah, there is, and like kind of making him your own CJ, yeah. in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, my CJ is going to be completely different, like, looking and strength to maybe your CJ. Mm. And uh, I kind of feel it's almost like a kind of perfect middle ground between, like, having that kind of silent protagonist that is yours and the fully realized character that is Tommy Versetti. So, 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a great direction to go with. I think also with uh, CJ now, GTA has this strange phenomenon where you're able to look past all of your protagonist's <laughs> criminal past and you just see them as you essentially you see yeah. them as you know your protagonist um i think though um whereas claude is clearly like a career criminal carjacker kind of busybody and whereas obviously tommy versetti is his reputation mm -hmm. precedes him um although we do get you know a little bit of backstory with CJ in terms of, you know, after so many years on the East Coast, it was time to come home. And you do get little hints throughout the game of he worked with Joey yes. uh, in Liberty City at some point. You know, they cross paths. And you do get aspects of that, but um, there's still such a blank canvas all the same for you to write your own story and your own character. Very much. You follow him into this new, well, new for us, this new world, uh, back into Grove Street. Um, mm. He says, you know, he's got out of it, he's clean, he's left that world behind. So he's he's very much mirroring mm. you at this point, uh, reintroducing you to the characters, relearning everyone. In fact, when you mm. first meet uh, Big Smoke, he doesn't recognize CJ straight away. Yeah. He's like, who are you? Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of that, you know, he's almost speaking to the, the characters, like, Who's the, who are you in this house? Oh, wait mm. a minute, no worries. I know who you are. Let's start our little yep. adventure together. So very much, yeah. he's out of that. He's telling you straight away that he's clean. He doesn't want to do anything to do with that. He's only come across here back to uh, Los Santos for for one reason. So yeah, he's you're following him in this in the in his footsteps in this kind of case until yeah. until Mister Tenpenny comes in, good old Frank. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, just going back to Carl for a wee bit. Also voiced by a a young uh, Millet as well. Yes, yes. So we've we have spoken about the the relationships here before. Yeah, and the fact that um, so the voice actor that plays Franklin uh, is real life cousins with um, Young Millie. Yes, and uh, and also uh, in game as well. Apparently, Carl Johnson is uh, a cousin of Franklin's. Yes. I'm ashamed to say I did not know that until I had heard your podcast discussing this very thing. So there we go. I, I don't yeah. know Education. if that's going to be a, a higher compliment than than somebody who we've got on as our San Andreas expert uh, learned something from our podcast as, yes. we, as we went through. I'm going to say let's shut it down now. Uh, three yep. unreleased yep. episodes and we'll, we'll just go out in a high. Good podcast, guys. Yeah. I'll update the CV and then move go on. Go out in a high. Go out in a high. Awesome. So, um, yeah, CJ gets picked up by Officer Ten Penny yes. and uh, and the two other policemen, um, Pulaski and Henderson. Yes, mm. and they've obviously been working together for a while. Um, as you know, something that Ten Penny says way way further down the line. I think actually in the last mission, um, he says he's got two new rookies with him, but he uh, he just has to ease them in. Uh, a little truth uh, here and a yeah. little truth there. So these guys, these three have obviously been working together um, in the, the crash uh, department, uh, which was actually a real-life department set up in Los Angeles yep. in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was to do with the Los Angeles riots, wasn't it? The yeah, the it was. All this is is paralleling uh, in a in a way. It's taking influence um, and some certain mm. beats from from the, the yeah. early 90s uh, Los Angeles with things like the, the riots mm. and everything that was going on there. So... Um, yeah, so, I mean, the three of them definitely up to no good the whole way through and instantly 
decide that they're going to frame CJ. Yeah. Uh, who's known to them? Yeah. He, I mean, let's face it, Tenpenny uh, spied him in the back of a, a cab and decided to pull it over. So yeah. CJ is definitely known to the police, even though it's been five years kind of thing. Tenpenny didn't forget who he's mm. been. And obviously voiced by the one, the only, Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of all the actors in, in these games, uh, I, like, I don't think anyone could deny this. This is not one um, no. that you could say, oh, I didn't realize that was Samuel L. Jackson. No, it you, is definitely Samuel No, you, you can instantly tell, but this is like, we've talked about it for the past like few episodes, the fact that like uh, like the level of voice talent they have over these games is just unreal. Like, mm, yeah. uh, like I, it, it like blows my mind how they were able to get all these big talents in and samuel jackson's top top dog in that like mm. he's not phoning it in yeah no he is he is just absolutely on form with this and like it just suits the character yeah. he gets across that like like horrible kind of um like cd corrupt cop thing right down to a t and like you do hate him like yeah. you really do hate Tenpenny. Instantly, instantly, him and his little fucking yeah. puppy Pulowski <laughs> that's following him around. They're, they, both of them are just absolutely perfect antagonists mm. uh, all the way through this. Yeah, I think one thing that comes up in the in the soundtrack, obviously, the soundtrack to San Andreas is a real life counterpart to what's happening mm -hmm. in some of the events in the game, and I think. Um, you know, some of the themes that emerge are um, in the soundtrack are the idea that the police in Los Angeles, they're just a gang that wear blue. And yeah. I think Tenpenny is the perfect representation. He really is, although he drives a police car, he is essentially uh, like another gang member, yeah. just in different colours. It's a really, mm -hmm. really good call. Um, there is, there, mm -hmm. you know, multiple gangs in this and definitely, yeah, the police are are there they unfortunately they just they they hold authority and uh, and a lot of pull and push with mm. these but um ah ten penny do we like him is he one of those is like, he a hans gruber <laughs> yeah i think i think he is a hans gruber i think that's probably the best kind of way to describe him you love to hate him you do i, I think that's purely samuel yes. samuel l uh that's yeah, that's brought yeah that. definitely I, not sure if anybody else yeah. would be able to get that kind of um that love for such a, a horrible horrible person uh coming across yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. so Tenpenny kind of takes all your money takes your bags you've got literally nothing um the taxi drives off mm. and you are left in Bola's country uh with nothing but a very iconic bmx yep <laughs> just puts you on edge it puts you on edge straight away the fact that like you're in a rival gang's territory with nothing and a and a little bike. You do, yeah, and a little bike. This is it. You know you've got to pedal. This, this means something. Yeah. That moment where, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, there's a little tutorial on how the controls work. And I'm like, this is not the time, people. Yeah. We are in enemy territory. <laughs> we need to get going. Just tell me which way to run. Now. <laughs> it, it's a great question for Rockstar is why do they always make opening missions quite intense? But that's where they decide to put yeah. 50,000 lines of text yeah. up in the top left hand of your screen. That's right. Yeah. Just distracting you. The amount of times I've died on those missions just to be told that, you know, triangle will get me in and out of a car. It's like, I know yeah. triangle does what triangle yeah. does. But I, I, yeah. I'm in a I'm in a tree now. Okay, thanks. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, um, yeah. So before, like, once you get thrown out of the thrown out of the police car and then end up in that little kind of um, alleyway with the bike at the end, 
And then you get the the most memeable thing out of uh, San Andreas <laughs> of recent years is just CJ walking towards again. Oh shit! Here we go again. <laughs> I mean, this has been you so much over this last year. I know it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been so good. I think it's it's again it's it's a discussion that I'm going to love to have later on is how iconic this game has become and how much I think Rockstar mm. appreciates how um, iconic and how full of memes and mysteries and. Um, yeah. how the real world has influenced the legend of this game going forward. And I think this is definitely something that they, they maybe skipped with 4 a little bit because there was a, a definitely a narrative, a, a story they wanted to tell with, with GTA 4. Yeah. But going on to GTA 5, built in the same kind of world, my goodness, did they not capitalize on that. And they just started chucking in little bits of graffiti that could be uh, interpreted in about a thousand different ways, um, all based off of the, yeah, the yeah. cool stuff here. And I, I think it all starts with that line, ah, shit here we go again yeah um, <laughs> and yes here we do go again and a nice little kind of one-liner that that now you know when you see it you hear it you think ah that's brilliant that's yeah that's the start of a story but definitely um you're getting a little bit of cj's insight into uh no yeah he knows what's a way to start uh, yeah. he knows what's a way to come and i think it's that that first encounter the 10 penny that really puts the writing in the stars for for poor cj yeah definitely yeah he's just come to bury his mother but yeah. uh as a player you don't have a choice in the matter you are now back in los santos and uh you have no say in the matter no. nope nope as much as in the early kind of like your first act cj is very adamant that he is not back yeah 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 you know, he got out of that life. Mm. He's he's yeah. not uh, he's not back for the family. He's not back for the, the street. He's back to bury his mum. Yeah. But as we'll find out, maybe that's going to change for him. Uh, yeah. We'll see after a sixty-hour campaign. We'll see how he feels after that. <laughs> strap in, boys. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah strap in. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. So peddling your little heart out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting that cardio in, you end up at uh, Grove Street. You do. It's. Feel like every time you play that game, like cycling into Grove Street, uh, it it just feels like coming home. Yeah, it's it's such a like a nice little kind of like little neighborhood. You mm. know where Sweet lives. You know where Ryder lives. You know, like just coming out of the bridge, mm. like you just know that area is like your your kind of area. And um, obviously modeled after uh, Boys in the Hood. Mm. Yes. A lot of this game takes a lot of inspiration from that film, mm -hmm. and uh, where the main characters live in that film is pretty much a representation of Grove Street. Uh, I didn't realize how closely they'd actually modeled that afterwards. Um, yeah, I do love how iconic that that look is. Um, I do love yeah. how faithfully they recreated it in GTA Five. Um, mm -hmm. Of all the things that they changed geographically in that map, they they left Grove Street as Grove Street, exactly as is. Um, mm. But you're right. I love that every single time that you walk out of your safe house or you, you, you know, you cycle or you drive back into grocery, you know exactly where there's armor. You know exactly where there's yep. a, an Uzi underneath the, the uh, overpass, uh, just near the storm yep. drains. Um, it's one of those nice little familiar places that, you know, it's almost like you grew up there. It's almost like you were playing in those streets on your BMX kind of thing. And it, it definitely brings you back with that childhood kind of um, that arrival that, that CJ mm -hmm. has. A real testament yeah. to, to Rockstar as well, because, uh, spoiler alert, but I don't believe any of us grew up in Compton or South Central LA. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> I got something to tell you. Nor, nor did any of us grow up in uh, in New York or Miami, and yet no. um, you, yeah. you describe it so well. It's, it is like coming home. It is. We've all got that kind of feeling that we all remember 
you know, dumping your bike on your front lawn uh, or mm. wherever you dumped your bike uh, yes. and running in to see what yeah. was for tea. And it, it, it gives yeah. you that kind of feeling. And it, you definitely, you follow CJ into that. And again, we're we're following in with that kind of feeling. And it, it's it's really nice. It's really, mm. it really sets you up for a, a, a great game that's, that's a way to come. And that nostalgia feeling instantly without having ever been there before. Mm. But we get a bat swung at our head uh, pretty much yeah, as we soon do. as we're in. <laughs> yeah, we, yes, we do. With, I think, a lot of people's favorites, Big Smoke. I, I love Big Smoke. I think he is a fantastic <laughs> character. He's just, he's great. Probably a meme in himself um, who instantly, instantly doesn't recognize CJ, but with a little bit of persuasion, eventually puts the bat down and uh, you get a massive Big Smoke hug. Yeah. It's like the book says, man. Same things make us laugh, make us cry. He's such a deep guy. What book, man? <laughs> what book have you been reading? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a huge presence, mm. and like you instantly kind of gravitate towards him as like the kind of just the big lovable guy. Yeah. that he that he is and um further down some missions one of the most infamous ones is uh going through the drive-thru just brilliant and uh, number yeah, nine uh, can any <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say can anyone <laughs> recite the whole order <laughs> it's that's a number nine two number yeah. nine large a number yeah. six with extra dip two yeah. 45s one with cheese and a large soda there you go <laughs> yeah I don't want to send anyone away from this podcast on a YouTube rabbit hole, but there is a guy online who has recreated that order using real life fast foods, um, like American yeah. fast food yeah. menus. Uh, like he worked out uh, what the meals, the equivalent meals would be and then <gasps> yeah. eats it in one go. Did he survive? He did. He's a skinny guy too. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Awesome. So we meet up with Big Smoke, we have our big kind of reunion, and then mm. we drive uh, Big Smoke to our mother's funeral, which is a quite quite a sad kind of start yeah. to the to the game and stuff like that. Uh, but then obviously it introduces you to the plethora of characters that you're going to be interacting with um, mm -hmm. in the first act. So you have uh, Lance Wilson, aka Ryder, um, modelled after Easy e Yep. Legend, which you can, which you can instantly tell. Yep, uh, and your brother uh, Sean Johnson, aka Sweet, mm. who is modelled after Ice Cube. Yeah, um, there, there's certain characters in here, uh, and there's certain NPCs as well um, that you you walk past. That again, we we spoke about it last time. Rocks are wearing their their influences on their sleeve here. Uh, they've got Easy E in there. Yeah, um, Ice Cube. We've got uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. from Boys in the Hood. I think Sharon Stone's walking around yeah. out there as well. Tupac can be found. Um, yeah. There's just some yeah. some extremely iconic character design. Um, and they, they just blatantly went for it. They just they just put everything, everybody in there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. So um, Sweet um, isn't too happy to see you. No. At the funeral. No. Uh, basically because you, you got out. You um, stopped serving Grove Street uh, because the life, the gang life just wasn't for you at that point. And uh, I think Sweet just resents that a wee bit. Like, you bailed on us when we needed you most. What about family? That kind of thing. Very Fast and the Furious. <laughs> very much, very it's much. It's all about family. It is, it is. Yeah, it's all about, all about family. I think this is... Um, it's quite a big theme throughout the, the these first few missions that um, CJ, again, 
very adamant. He got out. Uh, he, he's he doesn't have any regrets. I don't think about you know leaving uh, leaving Grove yeah. Street and going across to to Liberty City. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I think Sweet really holds a big big grudge on this one. Um, there's another brother that's, yeah. that's mentioned that's died. Um, you know, yep. uh, Sweet was left taking care of his mom, Kendall, uh, their sister, yep. and the brother uh, as well. Yeah, and having basically put the shift in uh, to be able to keep the the family together, it's all falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really directing all of his his anger at Carl at this moment. So yeah, it's a pretty tough reunion. Uh, it's not a happy family reunion, yep. and pretty much instantly it gets broken up uh, by a drive by as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just not a not a great situation that they're in. And I think this is the kind of um, like sweet tells CJ about the state of Grove Street and. Like the state of the gang and everything like that so it's kind of a, like an inciting factor for uh cj to actually say no i feel like i kind of need to yeah. stick around and help out yeah this is it i think most of grove street's been been overrun by drugs yeah. that's been sold around by by rival gangs um whether it's trying to ruin grove street or not uh deliberately or not but that's you know that's the way it is at the moment um and you know, and Sweet's mm-hmm. just watching his world collapse, um, where other people get out yep. and, and seemingly, um, you know, get a better life out of it as well. So, yeah, a very interesting introduction by those two, and, and creates a little yep. bit of friction mm-hmm. between between everyone there, especially you know with Kendall as well. She walks off to go and see her new boyfriend, which is not going down too well. Um, yep. With him being yep. part of the um, uh, the Varios uh, gang, so it's a very tension fueled yep. funeral. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, that introduces us to uh, Caesar. Mm. It does, it does. Caesar comes into the fray. Yeah, into the fray. And instantly CJ is obviously like really protective of his uh, of his little sister. Like any brother would probably challenge the boy <laughs> the boyfriend of the sister. Mm. But uh, as time goes on, uh, like Caesar becomes a really like solid standout kind of character in terms of like his kind of friendship and how trustworthy he can be very much once you once you go through the initiations which are absolutely fantastic yeah um <laughs> just by by tricking out a lowrider with some yeah. hydraulics um it's <laughs> great and, it's and a dance game. A, going through a little quick time yeah a little <laughs> dance dance game um all of a sudden you're you're respected uh within this gang which i think is a, a great way and again uh, an awesome way of introducing part of the RPG elements of this game. Yeah. Uh, with essentially, you can take any card to these these uh, garages and you know trick them out in different ways uh, with customization. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the the bigger world that that surrounds uh, San Andreas that's not just quite a tight story that we've seen in three. Uh, yeah. It's not just the the stylized silliness of of Vice City. Mm-hmm. it's actually it's, it's 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 got all of those elements within within each part but then adds so much more customization which is yeah for the first time you're you're really let loose to to build the the world that you want to uh, yeah. within there as well so yeah caesar becomes a great ally uh and a great and he introduces you to multiple different ways he actually unlocks different islands and in, in different ways as well but yeah before you do that you've got quite a lot of work to do in uh, los santos yeah. um i did notice a nice little parallel Mm-hmm. Uh, between the intro of um, GTA Five and um, and San Andreas, in that you go out with um, Ryder for one of your first missions once you get back, yeah, uh, and he has a conversation about uh, how bad your hair looks, uh, and you should go get a haircut, yeah, yeah, and pretty much the very first thing that Lamar says to Franklin, yeah, is look how bad you look. Go and get some new clothes and a haircut, yeah, yeah, um, 
that's, and that's you that's you off in the world uh, alone by your by yourself for the first time so i just really enjoy the little parallels they put between san andreas and gta 5 mm-hmm. in a lot of the missions that i'm, I'm sure we'll get to yeah, uh, yeah. It's, again something i'd like to discuss some other time um is the two stories and the two kind of mission instructions and how they pay homage to each other yeah yeah, and I, I particularly like, one, the fact that they have the audacity to put haircut into part of a mission. I mean, that's just <laughs> ballsy from the off. But two, one of, one of my favorite unsung heroes of the entire franchise, the magical barber who can create hair yeah. from baldness. Yep. <laughs> yep, one of the greatest mysteries yeah. in, in uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mystical. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very, very cool. I think I think the only Rockstar game that like actually managed to achieve realism with it was Red Dead 2. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For the fact like you actually had to physically wait for your hair to grow you before get you cut. could actually like chop it and change it and stuff. Yeah. So we we spoke last week about tropes that we'd like to see come across from uh like Red Dead and GTA into this <laughs> new game. And I definitely think that there yeah. should be a wonderful massive two fingers up to uh to the the magical appearing hair barbers uh and you go again asking for like yeah. a pink mohawk and just getting berated just go yeah. what do you what do you expect me to do with this what do you think this is get yeah out of here go like go and do something else and come back and get your hair cut later <laughs> go grow some hair <laughs> maybe that's how they pace it they give us the whole uh, yeah. island in a oneer yeah and then it's not you don't have to like buy properties to be able you to get to, to grow the last your mission. hair grow your hair <laughs> yeah Rockstar, if you're listening, wow. listening, free ideas, just just take them, run with them. There are <laughs> entire side missions that are just you sitting at home waiting for your hair to grow. <laughs> yeah, it's like while you're at it, paint your fence and watch that dry. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, game of the year, ten out of ten. <laughs> We're all getting older. Yeah, we want a quieter life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want to steal cars anymore. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we've got um we've got a bunch of missions. So there's about twenty nine ish kind of missions in this first section of the game, mm-hmm. um and you're doing them for uh so Ryder like you said introduces them to uh a lot of the kind of mechanics of the game, but also some of his other missions include uh Robin Houses, mm-hmm. which is a new mechanic that they've got. Uh, you have to also steal crates from a of weapons from a train and robbing uncle sam as well it's a great mission that yeah it's a very very good one so raid the national guard base in the ocean dock area which is pretty cool yeah so uh yeah Ryder gives you some good missions uh big smokes first mission is og loke ah legend the gangster <laughs> og loke yeah, the, the gangster the gangster uh so do you know who og loke is based on oh um no He's based on Ja Rule. Oh. Right, okay. And a bit of a jab, uh, that's the fact that, like, OG Loke is known for, like, stealing, um, like, stealing raps and stealing rhymes and stuff like that. Apparently, it's a little bit of a jab at Ja Rule for stealing stuff from DMX. Oh. Rockstar's getting involved in (laughs) real-life rap beef. Yeah. I I know. (laughs) know, It's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? That's great. Yeah, but OG Loke, man. He's great. He's he's so good. He, he's a great character. Like from the minute you you can you pick him up in prison, yeah. Uh, you um, again, he's he's one of those you kind of feel a wee bit sorry for him. Yeah, like or at least I do. There's a bit of sympathy in there as well. But um, let's uh, let's say delusion of grandeur is a is a big <laughs> overarching thing for OG Loke. But um, definitely, 
insanely good fun but there's there's a, a point where he's uh in his uniform outside burger shot uh and cj comes up and og asks him to go and i think it's maybe the mission where he is it the one where he goes and gets the sound system for the beach or he goes and takes out the the, the manager the the lyrics he goes and steals it from mad dog i can't remember which yeah, one but the he mansion, um, yeah that's it yeah he says oh but I, I didn't think you were going to stick around yeah cj says oh, i've got your back man I'll, I'll help you out and this is i think the first time that cj says no, no no i'm back i'm back for good yeah um so from i get a little throwaway line cj is now actually getting yeah. straight back into the way he picking up where he left off um and he sees himself mm. as as being back he sees himself as maybe there's some loose ends uh that yeah. he maybe needs to tie up or he's maybe had that um that chat was sweet and actually thinks, you know what, maybe maybe I made the mistake by by going away for so long. There's there's things I should have been here for. There's responsibilities. Um and no, I'm I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna try and get my family back up to back up to strength and back up to mm. where they were. Um so I, I, I thought that was an interesting kind of way of yeah. him not taking too long before getting sucked back into that life. Definitely. And also, of course, it's worth pointing out that OG Locke's actual name is Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the amount of times you ask for OG. Yeah, which is Ja Rule's real name as well. Is Jeff oh, Rick. I see. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, after after we have the delight of OG Loke, um, we do a couple of missions for Crash, so Officer Tenpenny, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's Burning Desire, so burn down the Vagos member's house and rescue a girl. Which, yes. And then great imports is kill a Russian arms dealer. Yeah, really important um, kind of lessons you're being taught here, gameplay lessons yep. you're being taught here for, for stuff that's going to come up uh, much, much later on that you're going to have to pull together all these skills to be able to to, to take down the final kind of mission, to take down the final boss. Um, so I thought this was a very interesting. This whole Los Santos is kind of a, a tutorial for for what's going to happen going on as you unlock the the second and third um, areas of, the, of this game. And, the... and, and I think that the, the mission with the, uh, the Russian arms dealers, that's one of the first times you really understand just how many fingers and how many pies uh, crash is really involved. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you as CJ have perhaps quite a small outlook on life in terms of its family or at least it is now that you're back in los mm -hmm. santos it's family and it's the street gang that you've grown up with but coming up against i assume essentially the russian mob uh you realize there's a whole wide world of organized crime that's way above cj's head that crash is involved yeah. in and they are pulling the strings in all manner of of different forms yeah this this is definitely larger larger than cj cj is very much a all right, cool. I'll just mm. I'll get dragged along. Yeah, it doesn't phase him too much. Uh, and maybe that's as you were saying, like part of the the charm of CJ is that uh, there's enough of us in there. I call it the Bioshock effect. In that, um, you know, you instantly get mm. out there. Somebody asks you to go and do something, and as a player, because you're a gamer, you just off you go and do it. You know, there's no real reason that you that you should be doing these things. Um, but yeah, CJ is very much like that. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll I'll just I'll just deal with that, and we see it as it escalates mm. higher and higher and higher um, throughout the different stories, uh, throughout the different characters and missions that we get mm. through there. So yeah, he's very much a a bit of a puppet sometimes, but he feels he's doing the right thing, and I think he's got a moral compass that he wants to. He doesn't 
take any of the drugs. He always turns everything down when he's offered stuff. Mm. Uh, he's very much kind of single-minded uh, or, or very much on his own moral compass yes. that, that yeah. takes him on this crazy story. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, the last... Um last kind of set of missions that you do get in this area is from uh, Sweet, and uh, a lot of big revelations happen in this little section. Mm-hmm. One of the main things is, like, you're trying to find out more information about, like, how, how your mum got shot and, like, who was behind it and stuff like that. And um, so you've got just a few kind of busy work missions for Sweets, but then one of them is reuniting the family, so uh, it takes Sweet to reunite reunite the Grove Street families and escape from the police, which is which is great. But then that also leads into the next mission, which is the Green Saber. Yes. No, I know. So so there was a green saber that was seen at the scene of the crime where your mum got gunned down. Mm-hmm. And you find this green saber getting pulled out of a garage by Officer Tenpenny, his two lackeys, and also Smoke and Ryder and it's so like so we we talked last week about lance having that big betrayal and stuff like that but that was like a whole game sort of build up of that Mm -hmm. but this is this is very early on but it gives cj like like new motivation and everything like that for the rest of the game like he's like it's just oh it's so good so good (laughs) it is it is it's it's quite a revelation, like you say, to have to have kind of early on, and it maybe shows how small time um, Smoke and Ryder's antics mm. actually are within this bigger story, as, as we just kind of pointed out. Yeah, there's a lot bigger things going on with uh, with Tenpenny. Um, mm. But CJ, you know, he needs he needs a little bit of that. He's very confused. I don't think he quite believes it, even though he's literally just seeing it, you know, uh, right there. And it's of course Caesar yeah. that, that that shows him it. Um, and this is where Caesar goes from being like a peripheral character to being one of the main kind of characters and one of the main story drivers as well because he yeah he really um he kind of opens up i mean there's a character called the truth but i think caesar really is the truth uh <laughs> with regards to with regards yep. to caesar uh, with regards to uh cj so yeah it's uh oh man it's i mean there's betrayals and then there's this yeah it still hurts it yeah, still hurts. It does. I mean, I when I was watching, I was watching some cutscene videos, and I saw this again. I was like, Nah, man, it's not that. It's not that. I was in denial. I think a lot of us were. This is essentially we're coming up to one of my favorite parts of the game. Essentially, this is the moment, the first moment where your whole life is going to be, your whole life thus far in Los Santos is going to be turned on its head, um, because of course. Uh, this is when we realise that Sweet and uh, CJ's other Grove Street associates have been set up. Yeah, there's a rat in the on the ship, and um, kind of leads to Sweet getting getting arrested um, or getting shot, rather, I suppose. Yeah, uh, taken to hospital uh, in prison hospital um, right, after yeah. a wonderful gunfight in what's a very cool location, but basically just an intersection car park. <laughs> uh, I've always loved it about this this mission. That version of Los Santos and that map in general is yeah. so beautifully designed. Um, I love the part that it goes right. Okay, here's a lovely open area. We could have bad guys coming in from here. Right? Should we have any like stuff around it? Nah, we'll just have folk just driving <laughs> on their way to work. Uh, past. Um, we'll do it. There's a school over there. That's fine. Um, 
<laughs> it's this wonderful area for a for a yeah. gunfight. It's just so open and exposed. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Absolutely it does feel it. like a showdown in a little car park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that takes us to the sort of the end of the first act. It does. San Andreas. Mm. Yeah. And um ever since well, so Sweets Sweets uh, in hostel slash he's been arrested. Uh, Grove Street's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Smoke and Ryder are mm-hmm. traitorous bastards that need to be hunted down. Yes. Uh, and you need to flee. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you need to. You need to get. And this is the first time we get uh, a little um, taster of of the the rest of of San Andreas uh, or the state of San Andreas. Um, yeah. And uh, we head out a little bit further, and we meet someone that we um, that we've met before. This is one of yes. our, our first recurring characters in this game. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so the cousin of Caesar, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're in in game cousins, is Catalina, who yes, is, is the protagonist of GTA Three, and uh, yeah, it's it's so strange seeing her at this point in time. Like, if you have just gone from Three to Vice City to San Andreas, so. Like I think we we have mentioned it. Like if we are getting these remasters and stuff like that, I'd really want to play them in like chronological order. So Vice City, San Andreas, and then three yeah. to see how that story pans out. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there's a few other characters actually that um, Tommy's actions have a little bit of um, of effect in 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 this game as well, and it drives things to to kind of happen in this game as well that we'll we'll get into in a yeah. bit uh, in San Fierro, but. Um, I'm so glad that we 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 got to actually properly meet uh, Catalina because yeah, yeah. we see we see the yeah. um, the treacherous the the double crossing Catalina um, that we have well Claude has just that that kind of one that single mindedness to to get revenge on um, the whole way through GTA three but we actually we get a little bit of a backstory even just like just you know a few years what what would it be. Uh, maybe nine years or so uh, before. Yeah. So her, her, you know, yeah. spoilers. Uh, we meet Claude in this as well. Um, yeah. But Catalina and Claude uh, have a, a, quite a long history together. Um, and whether that it would be wonderful to see whether that that story went direct because they were driving directly from San Andreas, uh, right yeah. over to Liberty City. So it'd be fantastic to see if that was just like a single drive and they spent eight or nine years in Liberty City or if they went all across yeah. country and visited loads of tons of little places. Uh, Disney Plus, if you're listening, um, I think we found your next miniseries, uh, six episodes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Script will be easy. I'll do Claude's script um, yep. and you can pay me an absolute ton for that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I have it here. It's a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, <we> exactly. <laughs> it, it is brilliant how um, the, pl- the the player themselves knows far more than CJ does about what they're about to get, what he's about to get into. When he walks yeah. into that bar where Catalina is single-handedly fending off guys, CJ's thinking, oh, no. But the player's thinking, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I, I wasn't prepared for how how crazy this was going to be. And I thought it was going to be mental. I mean, she's the one that picks up a helicopter at the end. Yeah. She tries to kill a man with a helicopter. You'd think we'd be prepared for anything. You'd think so. Yeah. But it really it really sets up, um, I think you just said, it's, it's probably your favorite section of the game. I think it's the most fun section of the game, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sets up tons of little heists. Yeah. After the, the one set up there in, in Vice City that we had uh, a couple of years previous, 
there's tons of little mini heists where you go after betting shops, um, petrol yep. stations where you steal a, an entire tanker. Um, and yeah. I love I love the way that um, you know Ryder introduces you to um, to Robin Houses. Catalina introduces yep. you to basically heisting um, tankers and, and cargo and things like that, and you can take them back. All these things are left for you to, to do afterwards. You know, it's not just, oh, you finished with those set of missions, off you go, you'll never get to do it again. Um, they're all there for you to keep going and just to go back to and just live how you want to be in that world. But um, yeah, Catalina's section of this game is utterly mental. Yeah. Just as crazy as she is, yeah. Yeah, and a, a, a great opportunity to, to explore more of the map as well. I mean, this is actually the same for me in GTA 3. Mm -hmm. Perhaps my favorite part of the game is when there is a twist, a betrayal, in which the game forces you to leave everything that you've been familiar with yeah. so far uh, in the area of the map that you've become accustomed to and it's become home. Uh, so whether that's Claude's safe house in the area, I think it's Portland you begin in, is that right? Yeah, it in, is, um, yeah. In, in, and then obviously in Los Santos. But the game forces you through highly dramatic uh, turns of events <laughs> to have your world turned upside down and to explore an entirely new section of the map um, where you've had to cut ties, you've had to go on the run. Mm -hmm. And um, so a brilliant part of the story, which also links into, you know, um, uh, forcing you to explore yeah. more of this incredible environment. It's a really good shout, actually. I was just thinking of um, of GTA Five that we mentioned last week, not having a chapters or not having like the traditional hmm. like three island opening, uh, in this case three city opening kind of um, situation. But there is that hmm. moment in in GTA Five that you coin so well in that that you have to cut ties with everything yeah. you've done so yeah. far and essentially start afresh. And you do that after the first heist with Michael and Franklin. Mm. Yeah. And this is where you cut and you meet uh, Trevor. And of course, because the city is such a hotbed, you you can't yeah. go into the city. Uh, you are basically mm. in a in a brand new map, which you've you have had access to. You've been able to get there, although the story's not taking you out to Sandy Shores, Chiliad Gordo kind of mm. area. Um, and you basically start afresh with this brand new character until their worlds kind of cross over. And I think that's that's a really, really good point and a good way of, of having that kind of crossover because you're doing some different stuff around uh, around the sticks and your your wee story crosses over with Woozy. Um, yep. Again, one of the, the fantastic characters of this of this game, but it's it very slowly or very subtly just kind of takes that little step forward toward here's your next step yeah. of progression, uh, and of course that's where you and Catalina kind of split and move off, and then you and Woozy kind of carry on throughout this story and and kind of start going forward, and it's it's a very clever little thing yeah. diagram of of overlap between those two, and I absolutely love it. It's, it is really cool. Um, we also in this section get introduced to the truth. Yay! Mm. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think he's very much modelled on um, uh, Willie Nelson. I yes. believe. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think he's very, very much that. But he's only got two missions in this section. So body harvest is stealing a combine harvester. I mean, how far <laughs> away does that bloody combine harvester have to be? For that to be a, a mission, I mean, <laughs> it you're driving half so the long. map. <laughs> so long. That's a massive map. Oh, it takes so long just to just to drive that thing, and like it's so so cumbersome. It's just like ah, oh, 
Whereas in GTA 3, which is a fantastic story and one of my favorite sort of standalone stories, but it's very much sort of one locale. It's very much uh, one environment. It's one feeling. It's one vibe. Uh, and it's a brilliant feeling mm -hmm. and a brilliant uh, story. Um, but it's that one kind of gray, rainy East Coast vibe. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Yep. Suddenly, here in San Andreas, just a few missions ago, you were doing like a lowrider dance in your, yeah. you know, tripped out, uh, tricked out car um, against, um, you know, Caesar. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you are in the back of beyond. It might even be called the back of beyond, I think, in the map. Um, yeah. And you are stealing a combine harvester from, I believe, uh, like they're survivalists. Um, yeah. <laughs> you kind of get a little bit of a, a redneck hick vibe. Um, mm -hmm. You've only traveled perhaps in-game, maybe like a five to ten minute drive, and yet <laughs> could be on the other side of the world from uh, from Los Santos. Yeah, something, yeah. something Rockstar is excellent at doing and you know we've talked about how potentially the best character in any grand theft auto is the radio yeah um, there could be an argument and i'm sure there's a train of thought that the best character in any grand theft auto is the map itself um yeah and you're right for any map like like a a smaller um gta3 each section feels a little bit different yeah. you're able to glue it together like a jigsaw puzzle um mm. And yeah, when you when you start to expand that a little bit more and you, you get out of just a single city that we've had so far with regards to uh, GTA 3 and Vice City, yeah. you, it's, it's, very, it's quite hard to, to start to navigate your, your way around, but it's a fantastic world in that, like you say, a, a couple of minutes drive, um, I, I don't know what skills they use because they, they do it so well, but you genuinely feel like you're leaving that urban mm. setting so far behind and now you're out in the sticks. And it's going to do yeah. exactly the same to turn that on its head and come up with a brand new place for you to go and explore in the likes of San Fierro and and, uh, and Las mm. Venturas going forward. It's, it's such a great. It's just testament to their their level design and how they how yeah. they get all those different places to be uh, places to feel totally different. And even when you get to San Fierro, yes, also an urban environment, a, a sort of concrete jungle environment, and yet whereas Los Santos uh, kind of has that Compton feel. Um, perhaps sort of uh, sort of low economic housing. Um, there's sort of um, uh, unrest on the streets, whereas San Fierro has that kind of sort of middle class, um, kind mm -hmm. of liberal metropolitan vibe. Both cities, and yet uh, you know, both bits of concrete sticking out of the ground, and yet very different feels. I think that's one thing. Like, like every time I come back to mm -hmm. San Andreas, like I'm just. I feel like I'm overwhelmed by the size, the sheer size of this game and like the sheer size of the map and like how like it essentially is like kind of three cities uh, like mixed together in this one state. But it's just the fact that like, like you say, you can go out to the sticks, you can go like, like up Mount Chiliad, you can do all these kind of things in this environment. Like, I think I have mentioned this, that, that like, out the trilogy like this is the game i'd come back to the least and i think it mainly is due to the size of it mm. in terms of like i just feel very daunted by this game and the amount of stuff whereas like i feel like i've been playing the game for a mm -hmm. while but i still haven't left um los santos yet yeah like it's it's it shouldn't detract from um like the sheer achievement of this game and the the, the sheer size of it and stuff yeah. like that it's something that 
intimidates me, it excites other people, which is excellent. Mm. Do we do we think that's a storytelling mechanic? Just to go kind of go back to CJ and and your uh your um playing of that avatar. Do you yeah. think that some people will just leave it there in Los Santos, kind of like uh, you know CJ's character would just get drawn back into that life and that's just him mm. there from los santos but if you were to work a little bit harder put in a little bit more time and effort you get to the next section you get that little bit of reward and you get out of that yeah. life and you start building your own life in the other way and then maybe you could just leave it there and that's where you leave it and i've got a great life in san fierro however you know if you keep going fo like forward it's maybe inevitable that you'll be drawn back in do you reckon that's yeah. like a, a parallel like our experience as the player going through that that roller coaster, um, playing the game as the character is as their life in their story. Yeah, great point. Yeah, no, I can I, I can I can definitely see that. Um, I can I can comfortably imagine people that basically the people that pick up a Grand Theft Auto that are just yeah, I'm just going to get six stars and just kill everything mm -hmm. and go rampage and stuff like that. Maybe do a couple of missions at the start, but then living in uh living in los santos and never experiencing the like the the rest yeah. the game has to offer and um i think i think like when i did venture out of los uh, los santos and got that sense of like achievement and stuff like that and realizing oh hell like this game is a hell of a lot more than what what i was originally expecting and like how it totally changes as it goes on as well and it's always a game that i have in the back of my head that i'm just like I want to get back into this. I really, really want to get back into this and I really want to like push through it. Mm. I'll probably just download it on my PS5 again. And, and go through. Uh, conti yeah, continue where I've left off from. And I'm, like, as soon as, I think as soon as I get out of Los Santos, I think it's just going to be a lot better to experience the rest of the story again. Because I've done that opening so many times, so many times, so many times, but then obviously I just get to a certain point and I'm like, either other things distract me or um, I just don't feel like it, it's as tight mm -hmm. as three. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not as compelling and it's not as kind of, you don't have that impetus to, to keep pushing forward sometimes. Yeah, where I feel like, like uh, Vice City has that kind of character that's to it that is just kind of, like it's bright, it's shiny, it's... Um, it's got so much charm to it and it kind of like makes you mm -hmm. push on and continue on through whereas um like san andreas is a big ask i, I get that carrie but you know you need to you need to come and sit and have a ride with me uh you know I, i'll take you i've got this route that i like i'll take you um west of los santos i'll take you around mount chiliad through san fierro <laughs> across the bridges through the desert yeah. i mean that's one of my favorite parts the kind of nevada desert yeah. through las venturas we'll go through the hills yeah. i if you are not starstruck by the whole place you know then i'll eat yeah. my hat <laughs> no i i am i am star starstruck by the place and i, I i'm <laughs> gobsmacked about how much they've managed to cram into this game I just think for me personally, I feel like uh, if I'm going to play through a GTA again, it would be either mm. three or Vice City over San Andreas. But I think it's due mm -hmm. to just the size of San Andreas. I think it, I just feel like it's slightly daunting, but uh, yeah. but I will. I get that. I will conquer it again. I will. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel that. I think for years, 
San Andreas was my favorite game that I never finished. Mm. You know, I, I, I'd got so far in my, my previous playthrough, uh, years and years and years ago, um, I'd done the, some zero missions. So I was around, I, I didn't hit um, the last, uh, the last city. Yeah. Um, but I always thought of it as being my favorite game. I don't know why. There was always something about it. Um, and it would always be my Desert Island game, uh, yeah. which I always I go mm. back to if, if that was just one game. Because I don't think, I mean, it would take you so long to get through everything. Yeah. And by the time you got through everything, it's probably about time you, you start again kind of thing. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't got all the way through. Yeah, when I was thinking about uh, this podcast, um, I've told Gary in the past that San Andreas is my favorite game. And I was thinking, mm. well, why is that? Because the truth is, guys, in some ways, my favorite GTA game is whichever one I'm currently playing. Yeah, that's my answer um, as well. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like that with a lot of things. You know, my favorite TV sitcom is whichever one I'm currently watching. watching. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so whereas I love the, and I, I think this is probably what um, you really enjoy, Gary, and I enjoy it too, the that tight story of GTA 3. It re it might be the best standalone, like just stands on its own two feet in its own world story. Mm -hmm. And similarly with Vice City, um, you know, when I'm playing Vice City, Vice City is the best thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, so what is it about uh, San Andreas? Because you're right, it is uh, a, an overwhelming experience. And it can be a situation where you put it down one day and you don't come back to it for several days because perhaps in the way that you've chosen to play the game, the order you're playing missions or side quests um, mm -hmm. has maybe just slowed you down a little bit and you've lost a little bit of momentum, whereas GTA 3 or Vice City is boom, 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 yeah. boom, one after the other. And uh, perhaps this speaks a little bit to... Now, I, I must admit I'm less familiar with the HD universe than the 3D universe, though I have played them. Perhaps that is why in GTA 4 they decided to go back to a map that actually technically in terms of just square you know mileage mm -hmm. was a smaller map but which by comparison was jam-packed with things to do and I, I imagine again not as experienced with the HD universe games but a, a slightly more Mm, energized, fast-paced, everything's kind of all in this one melting pot in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps that was... Uh, perhaps they learned things from San Andreas and from pacing and from, you know, how does the does the story and does the pace of the story live up to the sheer size and scale of what we've achieved on a technical, yeah. graphical map um, mm. level? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's very much the Die Hard trilogy. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know the old the old trope of the the very the very small contained story in one building or or you yeah. know a, a yeah. very small in one little city the slight expansion of that and i always say that um controversial maybe opinion that die hard 2 is one of the best video games uh, ever made uh, or <laughs> it definitely starts off that because yeah. it kind of takes into a, an awful lot of tropes that you see in video games kind of following um mm. that kind of mid-2000s where you know, you've got the mission, you've got the, the area you're going to do the mission in. He always all comes back to that uh, janitor downstairs yeah. who, like, gives him new toys, gives him new weapons, you know, gives him the upgrades yeah. and things like that. It, it's such a great game in there. And then you've got the big, completely separate, but the big open world uh, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Um, who, oh, 
Samuel L's in that as well. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you, um, brings it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and it's such a large story with some ridiculous over the top things yeah. in it. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely opened. You know, it, it follows that same trajectory a, a, across all three. And I can see that why maybe purists of maybe Die Hard wouldn't be such a fan of two or three yeah but somebody might love two but not one and but not you know there's there's all those different yeah. kind of ways of putting it and i think it depends on what you you go into mm. to uh grand theft auto for um whether it's a, an open world whether it's a story or whether it's like us i i go 50 50 between those two yeah. i think the open world should be part of the mm. story yeah. we, we spoke about that last time um you you want those side missions to be something that actually furthers your story you want to be learning from them and not just be there just for fun uh kind of thing um or distraction kind of thing yeah which a lot of games i think do get wrong um but you should be going off to do these things to slow down the pacing of the game in order to accelerate the speed of the game kind of thing if yeah. that's if that makes any sense so mm. um yeah 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 definitely it's it's it, san andreas as a state is yeah. its own its own character um we've now since seen bigger I think, you know, if we look at the original Red Dead and um, Red Dead 2 takes a slightly different kind of uh, architecture to it. Yeah. But the original Red Dead's very open, very, yeah. Uh, yeah, not very dense with its, its you know, built upness, very similar to, to San Andreas. But mm. look at the way that story pushes you on. Yeah. You know, maybe that's something that, that San Andreas yeah. maybe lacks in ever so slightly, but they've obviously learned from and they've pushed yeah. forward. And like you say, going back to GTA yeah. 4 being a very tight uh tight story with with plenty to do in there yeah and again maybe bloated it mm -hmm. out in some of the wrong ways yeah um won't mention any characters names roman <laughs> i do not want to go bowling <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is around about the point where we meet woozy yeah uh yeah so we meet him through uh through caesar through the races that you have to do yes and uh that also is the last kind of thing you see of catalina as well yeah so Catalina introduces her new boyfriend, Claude, Yay. who obviously is uh, the protagonist of GTA 3. Uh, so you race against Catalina and Claude, you win, and she kind of runs off with Claude, and that's them on their happy little road trip for eight years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like saying Disney Plus, come on. Yeah, just get, <laughs> just get it done. Uh, and then uh, obviously we meet Woozy, who's one of the main, obviously, mission givers of San Fierro once we get there. But before we get there... <laughs> We've got uh, we've got the last mission with the truth. Uh, are you going to San Fierro? And this is a very infamous uh, infamous mission where you have to burn down the truth's cannabis field. Brilliant. <laughs> Quite a very influential mission as well. I yeah. don't know if you guys have played um, Far, Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3, 99.9% uh, .9 of the time you're stoned. Yes, that, that entire <laughs> game, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good game. Is is just one massive trip, yeah. But yeah, you go out in there in a, in a fantastic mission. Uh, again, introducing you to a new weapon yep. uh, with the flamethrower. Uh, you go out and you burn down some some cannabis fields mm -hmm. and then make a getaway with the truth. Now, how do we feel about the truth? I I'm not 100 percent sure. I always just thought he was like a hippie, like oh man, you know he's he's just all about conspiracies and stuff like that. But I don't know. He shows up at some dodgy kind of times he knows some dodgy people yeah i mean my th my theory on it is um this is just wild speculation on my part that perhaps his character changed slightly through the game development um i think mm. we might see something some other aspects of the games that of the game that perhaps changed through development because whenever he is calling you 
or, or rather, whenever you meet him face to face, he's very chill. He's very mm-hmm. laid back. He's yeah. very, um, and you feel like you know what he's about. Okay, yeah, he's a stoned hippie who you know thinks that thinks he knows the truth. Hence his name. Um, but whenever you get a call from him, when he calls your mobile, there's a feeling of he's using you because he's like man mm-hmm. they were they weren't wrong were you you really are a dummy kind of thing yeah. is like yeah yeah, yeah. Th- there's a there's a phone call early on where he, he almost let slip like man you really are easy to <laughs> you, <laughs> you really are thick <laughs> um, and i don't know if that's part if that was something that changed during development if they decided to make him into maybe a slightly more manipulative uh, scheming character um, maybe like an extra dimension or an extra layer to his character where he's not just the stoned hippie that's uh, kind of out of it. He's actually quite a manipulating um, sort of, um, I don't know, evil genius is right is the right word, but certainly a, a sort of conniving uh, figure. There's, yeah, he's, uh, he's either working with or for or the other way around with Tenpenny. Mm. Um, you know, Tenpenny's there, they... Tr- they get CJ to go and get cash for them, which is how you meet Catalina or, you, you know, you right, start doing yeah. jobs with Catalina uh, to pay off the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. He also knows um, Mike Torino, who, um, <laughs> you know, we'll get onto and we'll have a good discussion about him or we're a way mm. to start meeting him more. Yeah. Um, but they seem, I mean, he's a very obviously shady character. Um, potentially, I mean, he, he, he says he works for the government, but he won't tell you in which branch <laughs> kind of thing. He's not necessarily... FIB, um, you know, I, I always get an X Files vibe from him. I think he's <laughs> yes. maybe supposed to be around, not necessarily Mulder, but he's he's definitely like Men in Black kind of style, kind of conspiracy cover up y yeah. kind of idea, um, which would tie in with the truth. Mm. But I mean, I, I don't know. In my more recently kind of playthroughs and, and again doing the research from this, I just got a vibe from the truth that he's not just the hippie. He's not, you know, he's not your standard kind of clueless. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about him that I just I yeah. didn't quite trust. Yeah. You can't quite put your finger on mm-hmm. it, but there's something no. not quite right there. Yeah. So, by beating Catalina and Claude uh, in that final race, which was either for cash or the papers to his car. Now, they reckon mm-hmm. they, they need to keep the car because they're going to be driving across country to, to, to Liberty City. Instead of leaving him uh, money or the car, they leave him a garage, which drives us on to the next kind of uh, city uh, in San Fierro. Um, of course, we get there. The place is basically a shell. It's, it's four <laughs> walls. Uh, there's not really a, a garage there at yeah. all. Um, but the truth sees a, an opportunity uh, and decides to enlist some enlist some old buddies to see if we can make a, a little go of this business. And again, this is a, a, a bit of a, a head turner for, for CJ. Probably Kendall, first of all. I think it's, it's Kendall and Caesar that actually look at this and go, wait a minute, we can actually make a bit of a business out of this. Um, yeah. We just need to we just need to kind of build it up and maybe shake down some some local businesses for for the things that we need. But we can definitely get a little bit of a, a legit front for what we're doing here. Um, but yeah, so there's some really interesting characters that the truth introduces us to uh, that we have actually met before as well. Yes, we, yes, we have. So um, one obviously from Vice City fame is Kent Paul. <laughs> Good old Kent Paul, Paul from Kent. Kent Paul, Kent Paul, Daddy Tyre. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, who. Uh, is with Maka um, yeah. up there in the, the desert. 
it sounds like they've had quite a heavy night and yeah. you've got to pick them up and, and take them back to the hotel to meet another we're going to vicariously get through to another uh recurring character there but um yeah their their banter their their chat with each other is just absolutely fantastic especially sean Ryder, who plays maka um yeah. who just mm. can't keep him hands to well he can keep his hands to himself because that's all he seems to do he's got a problem he, he's got a yeah. little bit of a problem um yeah <laughs> which which just gets worse the further through the game and it just it's so funny it's so ridiculous yeah. um yeah i mean i i i, I love macker i love um how kent paul has moved on with the times obviously in vice city mm-hmm. he was involved with love fist um i hear there might be some love fist fans in the room today yeah um yeah, I, I don't love know where you heard that <laughs> says the man with a love fist but, t-shirt uh, <laughs> yeah and in the, you know, in the same way as in real life, um, moving from the eighties, from the hairspray and the spandex of glam rock, uh, we have this character Macker, and uh, I believe it's the Gurning Chimps. Is that right? Um, is is his band? Mm-hmm. And um, the, yeah. So whereas you have the 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 glamour and excess of, uh, in one sense of uh, glam rock. You're moving into more uh, sort of like a Stone Roses or, of course, Happy Mondays or Sean Ryder, mm-hmm, yep. um, kind of Madchester, even maybe the beginnings of something like Britpop, um, yep. like uh, uh, excessive in its own way, but uh, just a very, a much more hooligan-y, um, we're all about making a ruckus um, yep. Yep. <laughs> and we're dressed in baggy clothes kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <a> bucket hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, like a young CJ, we're going to leave Los Santos there. But also like a young CJ, we'll also be back next week and we'll also be having our NPC dialogue then. Until next week, keep it six stars. (laughs) 